0: need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavour, may be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about, or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China. Then this is your show, China Business Cast.
1: Welcome to another podcast. Uh, welcome to the China Business Cast. Uh, my name is Simon. I'm your host uh, for today. Instead of looking on how to get started or how to promote yourself Um, Today, we're going to take a look at how to grow your business. There are different ways of how to grow. Um, A lot is written on merger and acquisition and investments in China, but also by Chinese companies. Uh, But how do you get these deals done? So today, we have a special guest, uh, Valerie Hooks. Uh, She's on the show to share her experiences on what it takes to expand in China in terms of investments or merger, acquisition or mediation. Um welcome to the show, Valerie. Thank you, Simon. Thanks for having me. Cool. Um, yeah, we go uh, I, I, I think I checked. We go back ten years or something from by now. I still remember sitting in uh Amsterdam somewhere at uh, near the spire. I remember uh where we were introduced by our mutual Chinese friend uh, who got yes. us. Yes. I think it was around ten years ago now, something like that.
0: <laughs> yes, but uh, I must say time flies and uh, it's. Uh, I think we we got a little closer uh, during the past few years yeah. uh, when we were discussing our businesses, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So. Um,
1: so also uh, for today. So we have a listeners from all over the world. So maybe it's good to give you a brief introduction and and why you are the guest that needs to explain more about this topic.
0: Yes. Great. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, I um, I am a sinologist, as they call it. Uh, so I studied Chinese uh, back in Leiden. But before I started my um, my studies, I already traveled to China in uh, 2000. Um, with my backpack on, I was nearly 18 years old. And I uh, really had this uh, strong feeling that I needed to be in China. Um, and people always ask me, like, did your parents let you go? Uh, well, I was so... Um, um, well, very clear about my ambition. So uh, they had no choice, basically. So I traveled uh, through China uh, really as a, as a backpacker, as a very young um, uh, girl, and I had no idea. And uh, I remember very clearly coming in China and uh, the feeling that uh, captured me was just uh, the feeling of energy. Um, and it was mainly the, the local Chinese people that gave me that feeling. Um, I traveled a lot outside of the big cities, on the countryside. Um, and that the energy that, that uh, came to me is, is still with me every time I am dealing with uh, Chinese people. Um, so uh, that is basically also my main driver in my work, I think. Um, so after that, I started my studies in Leiden and from there uh, I have been taking the opportunity to travel to China, live in China, whenever uh, there was a, an opportunity, a possibility to do so. Um, so in my third year, I uh, studied at the Yuan uh, uh, and uh, the Beijing Yuan, um, the, the Language and Culture University, as they call it now. Um, and, uh, well, after that, I, I did a, an internship at Philips in Shanghai, and then I uh, chose um, to write my thesis there, um, during the Olympics, I tried to. Um, I got myself a job <laughs> during the Shanghai Expo. I got myself a job, so uh, I, I, I basically grasped all opportunities to be in China because I really feel that um, um, being in China allows you to learn and understand not only the language but also the way people live, work, think, and deal with uh, with uh, things. So all that um, experience, and I must say, back then I was one of the few people who, um, who spoke the language. Um, so, uh, I was quite, and I, I'm a redhead, so I was quite a remarkable, um, person walking on the streets there. Uh, I remember very well that, um, a very funny moment that I saw a Chinese, um, man, like clearly not from the city, uh, who basically, um, cycled and looked at me while cycling and he, he, he uh, cycled into a tree so <laughs> he fell down um while looking at me that was quite a i had to help him to get up and he looked at me at, like i was an alien or something um that that will not happen today in china but uh, i've been to many places where i've never seen foreigners before that was a very um, beautiful experience um so Today, I use all that experience um, also in business to uh, to support um, uh, companies who are uh, active in China or cooperate with Chinese. Um, so that can be um, companies who are dealing with a, a merger or have been acquired by Chinese firms um, or who have joint ventures or other types of partnerships in China. And they are basically um, cooperating with uh, their Chinese uh, colleagues or uh, managers or partners at a daily basis.
1: All right. So you, you already mentioned your about Sinology and uh, the cultural difference. I saw you have a really cool uh, TEDx talk, almost already half a million views. Uh, it's quite. Yes.
0: <laughs> I'm quite surprised uh, about it myself. I remember they asked me to do the talk, and I was um, I was quite um, I felt uh, very flattered. And yeah. this is already four or five years ago. So yeah. you can imagine, um, well, TED to me is, is really a great platform. So I just uh, chose to, to talk about my, my personal view on, uh, on Chinese culture. And there's so much to talk about. You only have like 12 minutes or so. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, still today from all over the world, I get people through LinkedIn who approach me and refer to the TED Talk so uh, it's a great way to get connected also to, to people you would otherwise not meet.
1: Yeah, yeah. You mentioned already your internship at, uh, at Philips. And you said you're grabbing on, on every opportunity to be in, be in China. But actually, uh, if I look at it, your, your internship was about the joint venture between Philips and Avent. Uh It's maybe yes. already the foundation of actually this topic of today. So did it yes, or did you <laughs> it?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, you're very sharp, Simon. I must say, I didn't even look at it that way. Um, I remember that I came in at Philips and honestly, uh, the concept of internship, that was already a big culture clash for me, for myself. Uh, in the Netherlands, you know, uh, you, get, you got opportunities to do an internship and you're really involved in projects and uh, you at least have the feeling that you have some responsibility. But I remember very well coming there um, and I had a, a lunch uh, to get acquainted with my manager who I never saw afterwards. And uh, I was basically put in a little room and I had to start calling all kinds of um, Chinese dentists to, uh, to check some questions with them, to do some kind of market research. Well, you can imagine that after 10 calls, I, I became crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided this was not my, uh, my thing. Um, but I was quite interested in in Avent in a product um also because it was new to Philips and they had little knowledge about how to uh deal with the marketing uh, of the product so I basically kind of set up my own um plan and i I had never i i 've never had the opportunity to really discuss afterwards with the with my direct manager, but for me, it was just the way to also write my thesis. Uh, for university, and it was another way to stay in China for a longer period of time. So I did research on um, uh, well, the, the marketing um, strategy of uh, events in China, and I chose to basically do field research. So I traveled uh, outside of the, the big center um, of, of Shanghai. I went to Jiading uh, district, for example. Uh, I remember very clearly walking around in the supermarkets and, and investigating... Uh, <laughs> how the product uh, was uh, promoted. And I did a lot of um, interviews with the local visitors over there. And, you know, honestly, I don't think event really took my research seriously. But to me, this was a great uh, chance to do what I'm doing today at a different level, basically getting the perspectives, um, to, to understanding the perspectives of the Chinese people by asking the right questions. Because honestly, that's what I do.
1: Mm. Can you elaborate a little bit more uh, about about what it is exactly uh, that you do? Because if I'm a company and I I'm doing okay in China, but I want to grow to the next level, and I know I realize that I need a local partner to succeed to achieve that. So, uh, what would be the steps for me to take or to consider? The, uh, do do you help to look to find a partner, or is it? I have identified several partners and you will mediate with that or how, how would it work to be able to scale um, in the Chinese market uh, and, and what your role would be? Yes.
0: Well, the focus of my work now is is basically the post-merger and acquisition phase. So uh, most of my clients already have partners um, because, you know, for a partner, uh, that's definitely a very important phase. Um, I've been working on such Assignments a lot in the past, uh, but I chose to uh, shift a little bit uh, during the past few years to the post merger and acquisition uh, phase because it's basically more challenging for me. Um, And this has to do with the fact that you know, you see it a lot that that people are um, uh, signing MOUs, um, you know, they, they often choose to do that on a Uh, Like during a certain uh, event or uh, trade mission, so they get a lot of attention, and all those contracts are being signed, and people smile for the camera. Um, But uh, after that, uh, you know, it actually starts, right? And uh, what I uh, find very um, interesting is the fact that people um, spend very little time prior to signing that contract on their partners personally, on the people. So they uh, find a partner, they look at the company profile. Um, they have uh, sometimes, at, at, uh, for certain, mostly corporates, they have like uh, high-end law firms do uh, some due diligence work. Uh, they know exactly about all the numbers, whether they fit. Um, and then they sign this, this, uh, this contract, very promising. Um, it's all over the newspapers as well. And then it's quiet. And the face for me is the most interesting phase is the phase that starts then. Because quietness in this sense is mostly a sign of trouble. (laughs) Um, Because I find it, um, uh, well, mostly I I see situations where people basically don't know who they're dealing with. And the ambitions that were um, shared prior to signing the contract are not always the, the real ambitions of both sides, so it's very difficult to align ambitions and to align strategies. Um, and I come in when shit hits the van, basically.
1: Wow! So you you come like to the rescue for, or like uh, uh, a <laughs> you're like a rescue. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, so, what, what yeah. so, so normally, who will who be the one that approaches you? Is it then? Because uh, I recognize the silence is struggle but that's quite also a little bit more Chinese maybe than than uh, Western uh, way. Um, but who will be the one that you, approaches you? Where is where's normally where's the issue? Is it on the Western side? Is it the Chinese side? Or is it just complete misunderstanding?
0: Well, it's, it's a good uh, thing you asked me, like, where is the issue? Because the issue is at both sides. Uh, but in Holland uh, or in Europe, um, People often say that the issue is on the Chinese side, right? So they have a lot of frustrations on uh, on their Chinese partner. Um, just to to give you an example, um, I was in in China two weeks ago, where I uh, was sent to meet with a joint venture partner of a Dutch uh, uh, firm, like a high tech firm. Um, I will just not mention any. Fields, um, but they had a, a very big issue because this joint venture has been working on developing the market for three years, and um, um, well, now they ha- they got in their first client, the big big first client, and uh, the product needed from from the Netherlands to to China, and all of a sudden uh, it turns out that the export regulations from the Dutch customs has changed. So they have become more uh, severe, more strict. Um, and um, the the Chinese side felt very, very frustrated because they now basically have a client after investing three years. Um, and like he, he put it himself, eating only fang bian mian, you know, like the noodles from, from a can um, and no... Uh, pay a salary raise. Um, he had to uh, keep on motivating his team for three years, uh, which is not easy in China because people leave for a higher salary very easily. So uh, he he uh, he was very, very stressed, and he, not only him, also his colleagues. Uh, and all of a sudden he said, we have been growing a tree, we've been giving it water, we've been taking care of it, and now the apples are there. But now somebody tells me the apples are not mine, so I cannot grasp the apples from the tree. I, I just love it how yeah. people put their um, wording like that. Uh, yes. And um, uh, he was so frustrated. This is the first time I experienced that in, in my 20 years in China, that he started crying. And we're talking about a, a president of a, of a joint venture in his 50s, um, very senior in his field. Um, he just basically started crying. So I was sitting there and um, just just listening to his his story, because that's what I do. Um, And uh, I asked him, like, how do you see the future? And what I do basically is I gather all the information from the Chinese side and I try to understand their perspective. And their perspective is very difficult to understand if you're based in the Netherlands and if you look through the glasses of a Dutch Dutchman. Um, because our business environment is totally different. And in this case, what was required from the Chinese business partner is basically just a very simple um, um, folder or like a, um, how do you call it, like a, like a one-pager one with a signature of the end client on it saying that it's just used for this and that purpose. Um, and the joint venture partner had to go to their client to ask the signature. And in the eyes of the Dutch, this is just a very simple procedure. Uh, And this way, the case would be solved. But in the eyes of the Chinese, they had to kind of reopen the closed deal. Because uh, in China, the hierarchical structure, especially in this type of, like, this is a state-owned firm they had to deliver to. So it's a very hierarchical structure, um, very uh, sensitive um, to get in touch with the, the highest decision maker. And after three years of investing in this relation, he finally had closed the deal and, and you know, a signature was put on the contract. Um, and the momentum was also very important to just deliver very quickly because, you know, in China, people can change positions or something else can happen. The government can take a new decision. So then all of a sudden the whole project is, is, is gone, whether you've signed a contract or not. So. From the Chinese perspective, it was very, very difficult to go to this high-level senior decision-maker within a state-owned firm to just ask for a signature. And that was not understandable to the Dutch people. So they got uh, frustrations on both sides, and this basically stopped the entire project. Um, So you can imagine, after working for three years together, the patience on the Dutch side was gone, uh, but also due to the, the misunderstanding or at least the, the the lack of understanding on what was happening in china and on the chinese side they felt left alone They didn't feel they were working as a team and this is just an example of the many many examples i experienced and mostly it starts with an issue like this um and then i go to china and and talk with the people in chinese and um, they feel very relieved that there's somebody who speaks their language um, uh, and, and they can share their story and see that I understand their situation. And I think that is uh, my role. So then I take all this information and I make a, I, I write a report of it uh, with new insights. Mostly they are very new insights that I bring back to my client um, and share it with them. And based on those new insights, we can build uh, a strategy that works better.
1: You normally do this by yourself, that you build up the personal relationship with both sides before you bring that together. Because I understand if you have a meeting room with everyone there, you will not be able to accomplish this. So that means you first will have a few visits by yourself to basically build up a relationship and to connect, to be able to get a comfort zone on both sides so that you can be able to collect more relevant information and non-verbal information information and then translate it into something that might be the solution. Is that, is that how I should see it? Yes.
0: Well, the funny thing is, um, uh, honestly, because I, I totally agree with the fact that you need to invest in building relations in China, um, and that that is just not a one-time meeting. But uh, in these cases, the, the issues are most of the time very urgent, and there's no time to get acquainted with the Chinese people like that. But... Um, I am also a little bit surprised myself. Um, every time I am visiting a Chinese firm in uh, such a situation, or so like a joint venture partner, or even uh, a distributor um, or an acquisition partner of uh, of my 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 uh, clients in Europe, I find it um, very um, well, also very special that they kind of embrace my presence uh, instantly. And this may also be because I do speak the language and I, um, um, I, I show them... You know, I don't have to, like, try to show them, but they can tell that I understand their situation. So, you know, you, we start a conversation when they pick me up from the airport and they already feel like, okay, great. So this person is here to... She can be uh, our support. And they, once they feel that... They kind of embrace me. And the other element is the fact that I'm an outsider. I am not from the Dutch firm. Um, and for example, in other projects, I also coach the local employees of the Europe companies. So for example, I work for um, a big, um, uh, well, trader in, uh, in food. Um, and they have a local team based in Beijing for sales. And I, I, uh, have also been sent there to gather information and understand their situation, also to judge whether the salespeople are actually good or are they, you know, are they the right people uh, on the right um, uh, position. Uh, but I just, you know, I spent there like two, three days, and I've gathered so much information. And my client literally said, "This is information we have never ever heard." Uh, And we would have to spend years to to gather it. And it's just because Chinese people feel, you know, I'm there to support them. I'm there to help them. And of course, um, my role is quite sensitive as well because I build trust. um, But at the same time, I also say things about them uh, towards, you know, my my client. So uh, I I have to deal with that very carefully and uh, judge whether... Some information, maybe I should not share, other information I should share.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a very thin line because you can easily also uh, misinterpret it or, or just get a. Uh, the re- it's always the sender and receiver. So you, it might be that the receiver is already in an emotional state and might uh, yes. listen it very differently um, than, than the way it was actually meant. So it's very, that's very central. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I must say that that when I go back to the Netherlands, I always plan uh, uh, with the management team. We plan like a face-to-face meeting to really sit down, and this takes half a day at least just to already start mentioning, like start um, uh, controlling, kind of like their their emotional feelings because there is a lot of frustrations. And what I do uh, during a sharing during the sharing of all the information, I also take them along in in the. Um, the reasoning and the, the background of the Chinese business environment, and because I also studied Chinese, I really learned a lot about you know the Chinese history. And I feel, although I'm still learning, um, but I feel I know um, quite a lot about why people in China act the way they do. And uh, well, I'm Dutch myself, so I can understand why the Dutch people do do things the way they do. And this really helps people to understand and also transfer their frustrations into understanding and respect. Because if you, uh, just tell them like, okay, uh, this is how it works in China. You have to uh, move their way. They will say, okay, but it takes two to tango. Can, can, can the Chinese not just do this or that? Like we asked them. And another example I, th- I find very um, interesting, um, to see every time I had a co- conference call with one of my, uh, who's also in a joint venture, yesterday. We, uh, in Europe, we focus on the facts. So we say, okay, but this was agreed. You know, this was written in the contract or um, uh, in this specific case, my client made a remark like, like um, the, 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 the frustration on the Chinese side was that they said, um, we feel left alone. Uh, when a joint venture from Holland flies to China, They don't do the things together with us as a team, but they visit their own without involving us. And then the response of the Dutch firm was, yes, but we are very transparent. We share our um, uh, itinerary with them. Actually, our joint uh, junior assistant is aware of everything we do. So if the senior manager wants to know something about our trip, he can simply ask her. And this is so typical Dutch um, to stick to the facts and say okay we we don't do anything wrong. The Chinese people are much more uh, it's it's all about perception and about the feeling they feel left alone they don't feel respected this way and this is a very difficult thing to bring across uh, because um well especially if you, if you deal with the the stubborn type <laughs> we 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 tend to stick to. Uh, our perspective so I really have to kind of massage and maneuver and step by step uh, have them understand that their point of view is really a little bit uh, too rigid and um, well this is also for me a very interesting uh, thing I experienced from a day-to-day business uh, yeah on on day-to-day
1: Uh, You you mentioned effect is effect from a Western perspective. Uh, I saw an article online where you also said uh, a contract is not always a contract uh, because it it's closed. The real challenge starts. So can you, uh, I think you explained a little bit, a little bit about this, but yeah, maybe you can explain a little bit what you mean about that.
0: Yes. Well, I must say that um, uh, Contracts are very very important, especially if you deal with uh, I, I mostly deal with uh, high tech with machinery you know a lot of um, uh, intellectual property so contracts are very important to protect that and they are very important to to agree on certain things but a contract in in my opinion comes too soon in the process so like I said in the beginning um, I see that a lot of contracts are signed but a little Uh, or a little time is invested in in the phase prior to signing the contract. And this really causes a lot of trouble, because um, um, most of the contracts are just signed because Chinese people want to get a deal. Maybe it's for them some kind of window dressing. They can get subsidies from the local government, um, showing that they have cooperation with foreign firms. But what is the actual ambition of the Chinese people? Like I now have a client who was acquired by a Chinese firm and I have been uh, sitting with the, the management team and they have contracts. And in the contract, one of the uh, main actions was they had to grow 20% turnover uh, in the coming year. This is for, for a Dutch perspective that, that is outrageous. It's impossible. Um, and they uh, had uh, they got the assignment to set up a factory in China but after that, it remained quiet from China. And this big chairman in China, leading like the the, the chairman of a very very big state-owned firm, uh, managing I think over a hundred <laughs> subsidiaries, um, he doesn't deal with the details, but he does have a vision. And um, what struck me was the fact that they had only once um, met this chairman uh, in China. And after this was already two years ago. And after that, they only. Uh, kept in touch with his um, well right hand, or and, and people changed positions as well. So and they felt left alone in the Netherlands. They were frustrated. Also, the rest of the company was basically um, not motivated anymore. They 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 refer to the Chinese people as annoying. You know, they keep on asking questions, but you never get a reply. Um, and and they kept on putting their like pointing to the the contract, like, hey, you know, but we did sign a contract and this is what we are supposed to do. So that is why I say um, the contract should only be signed if you know what it is the Chinese people really want. And maybe to refer to my own article I wrote earlier, uh, which is a very famous case in the Netherlands, is the fact that Alibaba wanted to um, open a subsidiary here. Also there, you had MOUs, you had like a lot of ceremonial uh, meetings even our um, our premier uh, met with uh, Jack Ma um, in one of the um, governmental buildings here and it was all over the news, but eventually, we never really investigated what is it uh, that Alibaba wants because what the Chinese people are very good at is kind of sharing their almost opportunistic goal very long time goal a long term goal. Um, uh, but there's something else behind it. People have ideas, they have thoughts, sometimes they need you to get to the next level, uh, and you want to know what that is before you sign a contract. So in that sense, I feel a lot of times contracts are basically useless, and if you really want to start uh, litigation in China, it means both uh, a lot of time and money investment, but it's also the end of your relation. Um, and that can damage the reputation of your firm in China. So basically, what I do is is trying to um, prior to litigation, trying to support companies to to solve their issues more on the face to face personal level by basically talking and closing the gaps in in the misunderstandings.
1: So, so you mentioned the, the the chairman that was only visible once, or was was had a face to face meeting once. And then that basically was in the background for two years. What quite often I hear, especially for state-owned companies, is that it's done on purpose. Because so that the final decision-maker, the chairman, is not involved in the day-to-day uh, meetings so that the, uh, they can take a little bit of a distance on the decision-maker. So the people at the table can say, yeah, but this is the, what the chairman decided uh, without losing face, basically. Exactly. Is that something that you recognize or is that some more like a myth?
0: No, I recognize it uh, very strongly. And I think we should learn from that because in especially in the Netherlands, we have a very flat company structure. And um, I have, com- I have um, clients who are the CEO of quite large uh, firms and um, they can be quite emotional about uh, and show their frustrations. So you can imagine if, uh, if somebody uh, show- expresses their anger or frustration uh, too often and he's the, the the you know highest uh, he has the highest position in the firm. It's there's there's no other way to go. So you're the last resource. And in China they're very smart. They like the 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 the, the chairman is in the in the back behind the scenes, and he has ideas about what should happen. Um, but he doesn't have to deal with the discussions. Um, I have it right now. I'm dealing with a. Um, a legal, uh, dispute and, um, uh, our contact person who we know quite well already for several years is referring to his lawyer all the time. And what I'm trying to do is, uh, to get back in touch with him because, and I, I, I use very personal ways to, you know, approach him, um, like the friendly approach, like, you know, we've known each other for so long, uh, we should really figure this out together. And, uh, you know, I don't know your, legal uh, advisor. I just want to be in touch with you. And he, he seems to be getting closer now. Um, but it is true. But to me, it does not mean that you should let it happen, uh, that the chairman is, is not um, there. I think you should always try to get uh, as close as possible to the decision maker. And um, you should also know what the organogram of a firm is. What is it structured like? Mm-hmm. If you have the chairman, who are you talking to? Is he the direct reporter to the chairman? Because sometimes I meet companies who've been in touch with for ages with like this this very friendly lady who speaks fluent English and she replies to all the emails, but she does not have any decision maker power. Um and she will definitely not bring any sensitive information from your side to the chairman. Um so she's basically protecting him from, from all the news. So yeah. you're basically talking to a nobody, to
1: a no- um,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you recognize that the uh, statement, but that, but that is definitely something. Um, uh, yeah, you need to be aware of who are you talking to, because yeah. sometimes it's just not possible to get to the to the right level at once. Um, so you need to play the game and give them something and get closer that way, and also use the hierarchical structure on this side, which we basically don't have,
1: mm-hmm. um, to do the same. Yeah. Yeah, so so we discussed a little bit about Western companies going into China and has setting up uh, joint ventures or investments. When it comes mm-hmm. to uh, re- nowadays, it's more also the trend of Chinese investing. I think you already mentioned the Chinese company that percha- uh, acquired one of your customers. Um, I don't know if you've seen, but recently there was a documentary about the American factory. Um, yes, uh, it's quite. I, a- I think you tipped me. Oh really? Oh I saw it, yes, <laughs> quite <laughs> a, a good example, I would say. But did you, did you see any like uh, visuals or things that that you can like, really relate to or have almost experienced yourself?
0: Yes. Well, this is a one to one copy of of my daily. Uh, <laughs>
1: of
0: my yes, this is really, and I, I really really enjoyed watching it. Um, it's also sad in a way to see because also from the I don't know who, who's seen this this. Uh, Documentary is very
1: uh, much more, it's a worthwhile seeing of, uh, it, and, a, and a description of what the movie was in short. So for the people that yes. didn't, haven't watched it, but
0: sure, yeah, it's about a, a GM a factory who closed down and basically was acquired later on by a Chinese uh, investor. Um, what was the name again of the Chinese yeah. uh, brand? Fuya. Oh yeah, Fuya. Uh, a glass making um, for the automotive industry, factory. And uh, he, uh, he came from Fujian, which was, by the way, also interesting to see, yeah. like um, very, um, well, he, you have different levels of um, Chinese people in terms of people who are very internationally uh, experienced. And I believe this man had a very high level status and reputation in China. But he uh, had very limited knowledge about uh, America, um, and what you saw is that the, the, his expectations and his requirements regarding the operation of the factory were, um, well, in our eyes, inhuman. <laughs> so people had to work uh, very long hours. Uh, you know, and there was also frustration about um, um, what's the word? Like the people uh, organized all kinds of strikes. Uh, in, in america because they sure didn't the agree unions. with the regulations yeah. the unions exactly <laughs> and in china this is this is just not there and if it's there it's covered up exactly. uh, or or beat it down um so so this is uh, something that was also um a big frustration of the the chinese um investor um and he he basically flew in several times. Um, and what, what really struck me in this situation was that um, nobody spoke with him. It was, he had a translator on his side all the time, but nobody at like, high level spoke with him or sat down with him for a serious conversation. Every time there was a meeting, he was the chairman. He, uh, he said what he wanted and he left. But nobody asked him questions or uh, because I feel that uh, it is very difficult to convince Chinese people that it should be um, otherwise because we should not forget China is, is the middle country and a lot of Chinese people still see it like that. They are the middle of the world and people should adapt to their way of doing. Uh, moreover, this guy was the chairman, so um, he had the, the, the power to do whatever he wanted. Um, but I feel the way to, 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 to convince the Chinese people uh, of uh, another strategy or another approach is really by asking the right questions to him, finding out what it is he wants. And by doing so, you can step by step explain uh, the differences in business environment. For example, the unions, you know, where does it come from and why, should he not be frustrated about it, but embrace it and deal with it in a smarter way than he did. Um, or, uh, well, you know, the fact that that people were uh, put to work um, like machines, like robots. They, I remember there was a delegation visiting China and they were really, really impressed because the Chinese people there, you know, they didn't speak up, they just worked um, like very, very long hours. They went home um, only once a month or so. Um, and this is... Well, unfortunately, I would say still the case in a lot of factories in China where people are being used uh, in a way. But in in America, people have other talents by now, you know, and he could have made use of those talents if he was uh, advised. And there was uh, a cross-cultural manager there. There was one American guy who spoke the language, but he did not not have the seniority to really get um, closer or to to kind of um, manage the chairman. Um, so this was just one big example of frustrations and and missed opportunities. And also, I think uh, um, the frustrations on the Chin- on the American side were not um, shared in a proper way. So people were frustrated on both ends. And that is something we tend to forget. Chinese people are also frustrated yeah. about. This, these type, type of misunderstandings and communications. We tend to talk about the Chinese uh, partners like, okay, you know, they don't get it or they, they don't do um, the things they should do or, uh, you know, this sales guy is not pushing hard enough. No, no, no. Um, the Chinese people feel very frustrated about um, European people pushing them to do sales in a certain European way which doesn't work in China, you know, so these kind of conversations they should be now it's just like a yes, no discussion, but it should be um, more you need really need to take time to sit together and discuss into more detail by asking questions and not by putting your statements on the table,
1: yeah. Yeah, well, before we uh, cont- we're not gonna go too deep in his uh, movie assessment, but but uh, I really like the example where the, the <laughs> was walking walking around in the co- in the in the factory and saying that door needs to go somewhere else. Like was an opening for loading unloading. Unlo- yes. But we cannot change it. Therefore, security reasons, it's according to the law, it's decided where it should be. We cannot move it. So that's a really, well, that was a very striking yes. example of uh, um, uh, the, the, uh, how how local understanding is so crucial to succeed anywhere you would like to go. And you talk about cross-border exactly. business uh, and communication, especially if you are dealing with other cultures. But even if it's the culture is similar, you still will meet local problems because this was in Dayton, Ohio. One well, Fujian, yes. Fujian province and Dayton, Ohio, these are complete different worlds. It's not even high uh, yes. in New York, which you can might find some similarities on that. But uh, that's exactly. uh, a complete different uh, way of working, a way of thinking and a way of background. And everyone is uh, surviving more, and more uh in Fujian, maybe. Uh, maybe rough to say, but. In the US, it's uh, people doing that just to pay the bills, and there's not much. There's less emotional connection to the things that are being done. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah, I think I would like to wrap it up. soon. is there still something that you would like to touch upon when it comes to uh, this topic?
0: Um, well, there's. I I think we could continue for hours. Honestly, I, there's so much to talk about and. I must say I've, I've been coming to China now for 20 years, um, but I, I also, for myself, I'm still challenged. Um, and what we're dealing with is, uh, if you want to be successful in China and uh, with your Chinese partner, we're talking about um, change of behavior, basically. So I, I'm, and that's what, I'm basically dealing with people. Um, it's all about the personal, uh, emotional. Um, issues and, and if, if people are not open to, to change, then it's very difficult to, um, to succeed. And what I learn um, every time, every day I'm in China, um, I, I, I feel that listening to the Chinese people, really listening um, by not judging but just trying to um, uh, ask like deeper questions once they've given an answer, that is so valuable, and that gives you so many insights. Every time you think, I think to myself, okay, now I know the answer, and I ask just for the record, I ask another question about it. It gives me a new insight, and uh, this is something I am also still learning because you know sometimes I'm rushed, and then looking back on a meeting, I was like, hmm, I don't know if I didn't if I if I went deep enough, you know, and uh, then I regret it. But but the awareness of that is already. Uh, is some things um, that involves behavioral change, but it's quite an easy one. If you tell yourself every time, just listen. Uh, just listen to what's being said. And then based on the new insights, you can continue building your own statement. Yeah. So that is really um, the essence of my work, I think.
1: Do you think that, uh, that I will change? Because I'm picturing 10 years from now, everyone has a earpiece in... You don't have to know the local language. Everything will be automatically translated. So everyone speaks their own language where they're comfortable with, and they still get a conversation going due to the earpiece. <laughs> I'm picturing this kind of world where you actually yeah. <laughs> uh, might might end up, um, us being sort of Chinese speakers might be useless because it's being solved. It's digitally solved. The technology will solve it. Do you think that will, will be the, f- the future like that, or do you think that's going uh, to there's much more to consider when it comes to listening or, well, or
0: yes well may, maybe i should ask you the question do you really believe that that is that is the way it will work
1: in the end it's about connecting with people um, so so that's something that you yeah. cannot take away uh, that's a, that's a, a feeling based uh, well
0: I, th- I think that's the point yeah, that's the point. I mean, uh, I see so many emails. I mean, email in the first place is, is something we invented. Not the Chinese; they don't like it. Uh, they use WeChat um, for even for very strategic matters. Um, I see long emails being written with explanations on our rules and regulations, or you know the arguments and the statements we want to make, and those are translated into perfect Chinese. But that's not the point. The point is is about the layer. Uh, behind that you know and and it's about the personal touch and i think in in the world of dealing with those merger and acquisitions where people look at data uh you know at, at loss and profit balances um my role is to really um uh, tap into that personal element uh because in the end it's just people who manage the firms and um you know if you want to bring across something if you want to gain support from your chinese partner you everybody knows that you need to kind of level with the people. You have to have a personal click with people. And especially in China, where relations are so much more important than content. You know, if you don't click, you're not going to do business together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think also from the Chinese perspective, they acquire a firm because they have an ambition, but then they find out who is in the firm. And that may be very frustrating to them because they also don't know how to connect with the people. They try, mm-hmm. um, but they, they lack, uh, the ability of speaking English or, um, you know, so in that sense, I think technology is very helpful. It is already very helpful. It will only uh, increase uh, just for, you know, folders and, and for all kinds of um, um, information about clients, for example, you can look it up very easily. But the conversational communication at strategic level
1: um, should definitely be personal. All right. So you've answered my question that I was walking around with for quite some time. (laughs) 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 Thanks a lot. I don't believe that. (laughs) Uh, 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 Very welcome. It's not a joke. And so, um, yeah, I will leave your uh, contact details in the show notes so people can reach out to you if they would like to. Um, also, we'll put the link of sure. the TEDx talk there so people can also check, see if we can actually reach the one million now. That <laughs> <laughs> would <will> be nice. <laughs> um, thank you so much for your, for your time and your contribution. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll stay in touch. Keep following us and re- I definitely will keep following you.
0: Yes, definitely. Thanks so much, Simon. And uh, well, have a great afternoon in China. Thank you. Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry, China Businesscast is here for you. Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.